Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another brilliant episode of the Musings on 39 podcast. Today I'm joined by my co-hosts, as usual, Cameron, Keanu. What's going on, my boys? Good evening, good evening, all. Good evening, my fellow brothers. So, how are we feeling, boys? A brilliant weekend of football. Um, A lot of uh, clowns uh, running on a football pitch for some reason. Don't know what what was going on there. Yeah, interesting times. I mean, yeah. What what you referring to with that? Uh, Clown FC getting battered five nil. Oh, oh, that 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 one. Well, it was very nice for my fantasy, so I'm not complaining. But um, for from a broader perspective, Aish. Yes, Keanu, go ahead. No, I was just, should we let sleeping bears sleep? Well, I can't, what's the correct saying? Should we sleeping bears lie? Or I don't even let, know let sleeping right dogs lie. Dogs. Yeah, well, to be fair, bears. Arsenal are playing like a bunch of dogs at the moment, but hey. Well, well, is there anything in particular you want to chat about first before we go? Well, I, I'd just like to say before we crack on, uh, there's what? 24 hours left of the transfer window open or I don't know how long a day whoever knows it would be nice if my club could sign someone it would be nice if someone could <laughs> could come into my club you know just someone um, because we have zero attacking depth um, I mean I saw that you guys are still linked to um, Renato Sanchez a late uh, deadline deal something going on do you there. know it would be a great signing Saul I'm I'm not really a fan, bro. Not because I don't think he's quality, but I just don't think I, I just I don't think he would fit in the Liverpool mold. If we're speaking about, uh, would you take Suarez? Would you take Suarez back if we could get Suarez for a decent amount? Let's say twenty million euro from from Atletico. Would you take him? Well, I don't know if you will go go that cheap, even, bro. Bro, but like, don't forget, Barca still want to sell Coutinho and Griezmann. So, mm. I think Griezmann would would fit our fit the way we play. Uh, he'll he'll drop back and whatnot, and he's also a good passer of the ball. Just pictured right wing Salah or Griezmann, left wing um, Mane, and then down the middle will be Griezmann or Salah, depending on the. Or even Yota. Yeah. I even think that Saul for for Man United would be sound. I think they're missing a player like that. Oh yes, definitely. Or even, or even, Kamavinga. No, I think I think based on what I saw on Sunday um, with the United Wolves game, Ruben Neves would be a perfect yeah. signing for you guys. Perfect well, signing. While we're on that, man, why not discuss the incident probably of the weekend with the whole close to leg break tackle by I just have a question for, for for United fans uh, I, I agree with you but I think we need to consider what happened before that incident which is why uh, I think there was such uproar from the Wolves fans and whatnot. is in the first half Bruno the princess gets taken out right he cries on the floor wants his Oscar gets his Oscar ref gives a f- uh, Wolves have the ball, but then Semedo kicks it out. Who knows? Good sportsmanship or, you know, it's his fellow countryman, but he kicks the ball out. The ball goes dead, right? Now, second half, near the end of the game, final 10 minutes, United are attacking. Ruben Neves um, goes in for... It was it was a dead ball. It was a 50-50. Don't, don't Pogba's studs were up, mate. If, if he was an inch or more to the right... There Bro, goes Ruben were... Neves' shin. Mike Dean was right next to them. He wasn't. And, was and Mike Dean's blind as a bat. But look, they, it was a 50-50 scenario. 50-50, and and mate. And it, was, and it wasn't as blatant as uh, the... I, I agree with you, but then surely stop... Because that's 50-50. That's, uh, you know, that's... I, I do I do think it was 50-50 in, in Pogba's defense and... I think the whole thing comes down to sportsmanship. I think that's where it's it's there's a sour taste. Yeah, Tubbs, why didn't Varane kick the ball out? But how do you feel as a United fan then, though? Considering Wolves kicked it out in the first half when Princess got injured, and 
or pretended to be injured. But yet, when a Wolves player goes down, then then you guys don't extend the courtesy. How does that make you feel as a fan? I'm, I'm putting all... I know this is... For our listeners out there, we're not trying to nitpick the rules of football. We're just trying to talk about the sportsmanship behind it here. Look, personally, okay, I understand the whole idea of sportsmanship and all of that. However, I mean, we got a goal out of it. I understand that, you know, we could have extended a bit of courtesy back, uh, in return. However, you know, it was getting to that time of the match where, you know, people get, where players start to get desperate, you know what I mean? So I just, I, I, I feel like, I feel kind of bad, but at the same time, I'm happy that we got those three points. Uh, I feel you. I feel you. I understand what you're saying. But Keone, we, we, we as Liverpool fans, we, we saw in the season that, that we won that it, that it took a, a team effort, you, you know what I'm saying, to, to really get over the line with the Prem and whatnot. And I think many fans see teams win the Prem and they're like, oh, this team will win. But I think coming from a more personal perspective now after us seeing Liverpool, you need like a full-on squad. Um, but, you know, if United are planning on winning the league, those are the type of games and the type of goals that you are going to cherish because, you know, that's three points instead of just the one. Uh, no, look, I just wanted to come up for them. I think it's that kind of game where United grinded out a result and props to them. I do do I do think they were second best on the day. However, they oh, got, 100%. 100%. They got, they got the three points and that incident kind of overshadowed things because it is, it's, as I said, it wasn't... No, I, I agree. I think... It's a 50-50. It would be nice if we could sign a Dharma, though, just on the side. Yeah. Look, all, all I can say is, look, if you go back to 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 the incident in question, who if you look if you look closely, who was nearby and who saw the incident happen, take place? Mike Dean. But don't you also think that Mike Dean was looking more from Pogba's perspective than from Ruben Neves' perspective? Because if you look at the footage after the match that they show on Sky and whatnot. If you look from behind Ruben Neves, how close Pogba's foot. In fact, the top two studs, I think Nick is shin guard or something like that. Like, bro, that that's pretty hefty. But I just want to quickly change the angle on this, if you guys are okay with that. We, we keep looking at the players, right? And of course, you know, after every game, at least two to three players get interviewed uh, from various uh, streaming... Uh, 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 companies like BBC, Sky, BT Sports and whatnot. But do you think refs get away with more than what they bargain for? Because I think they do. Because sometimes I think you want to put managers behind um, a microphone, you want to put players behind a microphone, but you don't want to put the damn refs behind the microphone. I mean, if you look at the Liverpool game, there were so many tackles or calls both for and against Liverpool and for and against Chelsea, that were horrendous. Harvey Elliott gets taken out by two defenders, not a foul. Right? There's a slight contact with Conte or Mount. No, that's a foul. Matip absolutely destroys one of the Chelsea players. I think it was Mount. No foul. But then, I don't know, I think it was Rudiger. Touches uh, Mane or Salah. No, 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 it's a foul. Some of the refereeing this 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 past weekend was shocking. So, do you think they should they should also be brought to task about it the same way players are? I would. I think there are referees that are guilty of it. Before that, I was watching the Leeds versus Burnley game, and that that game was filled was riddled with fouls. To be honest with you guys, some of the calls were very questionable, but at the same time, you know, you just think. I understand where where the, some of the refs come from. They don't wanna, they don't wanna uh, slow the the momentum of the game. But at the same time, there are situations where they have to where they have to put a stop to play because something serious, like a serious incident, is going down. So, I would say there are definitely some refs that are guilty of it, and there are some refs that are also taking advantage of this. But I think you know. I was also watching the Liverpool-Chelsea game and I did enjoy the momentum of it in the first half. Okay. Keanu, and you? Uh, 
I think there was a clear and obvious mistake in the United game. I really do. I feel it was a foul. If you're going to give Granit Xhaka a red card for his bad tackle, which it was. I think you. I don't think you send Pogba off, but I think you have to stop play and call it back. Even if Greenwood goes and scores, it's... I'm not saying United wouldn't go on and win the game. I wouldn't say it wouldn't be a draw. I cannot. I couldn't say what would have happened after that. But in that specific incident, I think the man missed a call. Uh, the Liverpool. Can I just can I just ask you quickly mm. though? Granit Xhaka had both legs up. Pogba had only one. Yeah, leg. went over the ball. Could have probably snapped Neves's leg probably in half. But to be honest, um, bad, very bad. Bad tackle, 50-50, it's not, it's not, Xhaka's red card, I'm not disputing, I think, as I said, I don't think Pogba should have been sent off, I think if he was sent off for that tackle, I think it would have been harsh, I do think it is a foul, I think he's in danger. It could have gone both ways, to be honest, yes, it was endangering the player, definitely. But that's what I'm saying, it's more of the intent than the actual contact, because I think the intent was there, it's 50-50, unlucky it is, who's ever wins the ball first, but... The manner it was done was nearly bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely, so, yeah. Okay. That's my thing. And then the other big refereeing call, I know a lot of people had uproar about the James, Reese James handball. And yeah. I'm, I'm completely in favor with you guys. Like, sending him, sending him off is harsh. And it, it's not nice because now you hear people like Tab saying, oh, you couldn't beat 10 men. But... In the end of the day, it is the law. You have to yeah. send him off. I mean, yeah, on, on that, topic, on that topic, though. You have to send him off, unfortunately. But yeah. I, I have something to say to people who said, oh, you guys didn't beat Chelsea with 10 men. By no means am I saying that, you know, we didn't lose two points. We did. But what we showed, right, is that if this Liverpool team, at the end of last season, which we know how brilliantly that went, Facing this Chelsea team, we would have probably taken a draw. We probably would have. Before the game, if you offered us a draw, we probably would have taken it and ran. We would have wanted the win, but we would have probably taken, you know, the draw. Especially after Lukaku manhandled Pablo Mari. But we showed we are resilient in defence. What scored Chelsea's goal wasn't... It was a, it was a bit of header. luck. It was Havertz's movement that got him there... And to be fair, I don't think any keeper in the world says that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was a bit of luck the way it came off of his head. I told people before the game, our defense is going to be resilient. We we kept Lukaku um, in a box and we played and we dominated with position. I think where why we didn't break them down is Henderson and Robertson was off the pace. So we were only really attacking down one flank. And Robertson was on the left side, which where which was where Reese James was. And I think if Takimas comes on 10, 20 minutes earlier, or even plays the game with with the same situation, I think we beat Chelsea two three one because we'll flood that side. But Robbo was just off the pace, lacking probably match fitness. Henderson the same, but a lot of positives. Mane outstanding with with his movement. Salah again very good. Um, Bobby, we didn't get to see too much. He tweaked himself, and then Yotta couldn't really get into the game because they they packed up shop at the back, and we could only attack from one side. Not to have us be a Liverpool podcast, give some positives there to Chelsea. No, yes, yes. I mean their 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 defense was was phenomenal. Um, Lukaku, who who made some incredible movement, the way he backs into defenders. Mount could have scored one early on. Um, you know, also really impressed with Reese James. He's a talisman. I do think Tuchel missed uh, an opportunity to play Chilwell. Um, but yeah, Johnny, uh, what was your opinion? There's not enough credit around here for man of the match or the real man of the match, Mendy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, some phenomenal saves. Fabinho's one and... Uh... Fabinho's save. No, bro, he was... Mendy was fabulous. I think... What um, a lot of people are missing is that Tuchel made substitutions at halftime. Uh, I think that that changed the game. I think he set up perfectly for 
for what was the onslaught to come in the second half. I think he's tactically he was on point. Um, they made they brought on Thiago Silva at half time and Kovacic at half time. I think that basically cemented their one point gained. And that's why I'm not that upset about, uh, yeah, we did lose two points, fair enough. But I would rather lose two points to Chelsea than two points to a relegation team. So, you know what I'm saying? I think Tuchel perfectly tactically got it right. I think Chelsea were up there in the first 45 minutes. Although the corner that they got, that the goal which they scored was (laughs) debatable, um, but irrelevant of that, I think. Oh yeah, I didn't think that I, was a corner. I was didn't, um, but it, irrelevant. They got the corner, they scored the goal, and I wouldn't say they did. They did not deserve a goal. So I take my hats off for that. Cool. I feel we probably should have edged it, but I think Tuchel got it right. He got the right players on at the right time, and they're good defensively, bro. That's their their strength. So if we play into their strengths, that's why City couldn't beat them. So you know. Talking about edging, how about we talk about the edge of breakdown, the brink of a breakdown, Arsenal? I was just about to say, we can discuss something that we probably all have in common. My, my my word. I genuinely thought, I thought if there's one game for Arsenal to pull an Arsenal, it's against City. In the sense that they've just been battered by Brentford, Chelsea... But watch Arsenal. And they won 6 0 in the midweek. Oh, they are. They won 6 0. But that was against West Brom's second string side. But but I mean, uh, you know, confidence builder. Oh, yes. You can imagine Uh, that. uh, Confidence in inverted commas. Keanu, how about you start us us off with this? I don't know where to start. I think our previous pod tried to find, (laughs) find, like, clues of where it's gone wrong. And again. Again, I sat here, I told the whole group chat with just more than the two or three of us on. I said, how much are they losing today? I, I used different words, but how badly they're losing today? And I was like, nah, they're going to try. It was nine minutes, it was 1-0. It was 12 minutes, it was 2-0. And I'm thinking, to myself, yeah, I really tried hard. But... Bro, I'm being honest. I looked at the starting eleven, and dude, I can't say it's that it's not that bad of a team. I think they, if you compare them man for man on paper, I think they got the likes of a Leicester, a West Ham. They've got that kind of team, bro. They had Odegaard, they had Smith Rowe, they had Aubameyang starting, they had Saka, Xhaka was on the field for a little bit, and then cool, they go. Get battered in 15 minutes, 2-0 down. Then Jaka's like, you know what, I don't want to be here. Nearly kills someone with a tackle. And then I'm looking at this, I'm like, this this team is toxic. The fans are toxic, the team is toxic. It's just not a good place to be, bro. Then we see today, one of their players publicly post that, like, please let me go. Like, I don't want to be here, I don't want to play for a different team. Um, can you pull that out and quote it? Well, well, he said he said he just wants to go um, somewhere where he's wanted or something. So, where where, where he can play? Tweet, but yeah, bro, how banter? How more banterish can you get? Um, what is this? It looks like a circus. And then, Mizzet Ozil goes and and tweets, trust the process with crying faces. What process, bro? <laughs> Where's the process, bro? But there is no. Um, that's what but I'm saying. No. Like, Arsenal need to learn that they are no longer a top side. Dude, that's that's. Dude, I'm saying this is what I said in the previous part as well, and I ask you guys: Do you think Arteta's getting the most out of the guys he has on his team? I don't. I personally, I don't just think the problems Arteta. I think Arteta's part of the issue. He's not. But he's is he getting team. the most out of the? How? Players? How? How are you? Callum Chambers getting out jumped by Callum Gundogan. Chambers shouldn't be Arsenal, bro. Let's be honest. Bro, the Amazon all or nothing Arsenal's gonna be something special. Seriously. <laughs> How? You know, he's not he's not good enough to be an Arsenal prayer, bro. How and then as as Arteta, how do you put Kosinyak, or however you pronounce his name? Kolasinac. Kolasinac. At centre back. 
Man got relegated with Schalke last season. Relegated. But you're putting him at centre-back when well, he's, he's a left-back. Well, he, not not a very good one. he can one. play centre-back, but... But... <sighs> I mean, Rob Holding shouldn't be there. Chambers shouldn't be there. Kolasinac shouldn't be there. Tierney was also... He's in a bad... Kind, was, he was, you know, he was being... No, but that's because he has to take load of everyone oh, else's crap on the field. Him, bro, he's the only he... decent player playing. Erdegaard... I don't know where he was on the weekend. Abamyang wearing a, a a shirt too big. I mean, heck, I think it was a troops. Troops even said that the kit man couldn't even get it right as they gave Leno the away kit. That was against Chelsea. Oh, is that against Chelsea or whatever the case? Yeah. Was. But what I'm saying is that it's hopeless. It's hope. What 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 are they going to do? Because I don't see any anything happening for them in the transfer lines. Well, maybe in, well they just have cash. They, they, they've spent big, yes. They spent the most money in the Prem this season. But they've no, signed good bro. players, I, I asked you guys. You're telling me Odegaard isn't a good player? You're telling me Odegaard isn't a good player? Besides Odegaard, they haven't bro, played a single of their signings. on earth do you go spend over 20 million euros or pounds on a double relegated on goalkeeper? Ramsdale. <laughs> to come sit on your bench? How? How? 20 plus million, bro. You mad. Because whoever's in charge of transfers is mull in the head. What? Edu's mull? I think Arsenal are a completely different team if they have Leno in goal, Suarez at um, right back, right? Gabriel and Ben White at centre back, Tierney left back, CDM party with Chaka. Chaka Laka. <laughs> And then you have Saka, Smithrow, Martinelli, and probably Obama Young up front. What, you're not even going to start Odegaard? Oh, sorry, Odegaard. Martinelli up front, Obama Young <laughs> on the bench. Bro, tell me, tell me, right? No, no, but here's but that's, my, here's but that's my the worry. Issue, right? I'm not even asking him, but here's the worry from looking. I, I, I hope they get relegated because they're the only top five teams to this, right? relegated. How, how many players are missing from the weekend starting lineup that would start a few gabriel okay let's say ben White. and a cdm okay a cdm that, that's about that's about it and the winger you can debate bellerin doesn't want to be there i don't even know where he's so you got your best left back you got your best striker you've got your best wingers maybe pepe i don't know where he was odegaard smith row probably that's probably their best starting players. Pepe's, uh, I think Pepe has COVID. Yeah, okay, so, says he had an illness. Oh, it's not like he no, no, helped okay, them much. So no, let's anyway. say two to three players missing from their best 11. Their best 11. And they just got battered for the third game in a row in the Prem. Let, let, let me ask this. If they lose a 1-0 against Burnley after the international break... Where does that leave Arteta for you guys? Because then it I don't can think be they sack him, 10 though. goals conceded without a single goal score. Yeah, I don't think they sack him because who are you going to bring in? You think Conte is going to want to take over that pile of crap? They need to do something. <laughs> well, who in their right mind would go and manage Arsenal right now? I saw Rodgers was tipped, but Christ, why would bro. you go he from Leicester to that? And I don't blame him. Um, Arsenal's next fixtures are... They play Norwich at home and they play away at Burnley. So if Arsenal, I don't know, if Arsenal lose to Norwich. Bro, I think, the thing I is think that who are they going to bring in? I think after, I think the City game was the embarrassment, bro. I really do. I thought, you know what, if you go lose. The fact that their fans started to celebrate in the, in the stands the when they goal, conceded, bro. I think it was the fourth goal. No, bro. And and City didn't even have De Bruyne, bro. If De Bruyne was there, it would have been far worse. Brad, I, I don't know where to go from, bro. I, I, I'm worried for them, bro. I think Arteta is... is I, I don't know how he's still there. That was embarrassing. So, you know, today is actually the 30th of August and tomorrow is deadline day for the transfer window in Europe. And, you know... Based off of like the first few games, I am going to give the L of the transfer window to 
Arsenal. This is just I, I know it's too soon to, to speak, but they're so long taking the L for spending the most money and for doing nothing with what they've spent. Uh, I think that's a little bit harsh though. Dude, Ramsdale for thirty two. Yeah, yeah, look, but I think Okay, yeah, you're probably right. But I think that there's a lot of promise in who they've who they've signed in the likes of Ben White and um and Odegaard and whatnot. Norwich is is definitely going to get... I feel Norwich will definitely be relegated, but I feel that they've done at least a bit better business than yeah, Arsenal have. probably, bro. With their budget and stuff, they probably have potentially signed more. I think... Oh, dude. To say who, who's been the worst... You could probably say Liverpool's up there as well, just because the lack of recruitment. I don't think we need to recruit that much, but I do think the lack of recruitment is... Also, our stupid evaluation for Origi, my word. I hope you guys have noticed what I meant now when I said that you guys are in need of a striker. Oh, I've just been reading now that on Twitter that we are apparently planning a deadline day bid for Jared Bowen. Uh, West Ham are too busy trying to get uh, Lingard through the door, so... I'd take take Antonio. (laughs) I know Keanu wants Adama. I think whoever gets Adama, if he move, if he moves away from Wolves, is getting one of the best play, one of the best right wingers in my, the league. My my quickly evaluation mm. on this will probably fade into another converse. I don't know if someone just wants to pop in their last thing regarding transfers. PSG wanting two hundred mil for Mbappe, crazy, but he's but they're losing him on a free now. But you can't blame PSG for wanting to keep him though. Because this is probably their best chance to win Champions League, as we've mentioned yeah, in previous previous so. podcasts. But now, I think, as I said, let me sway it away from the, the transfer saga. And we speak about Adama quickly. Hmm. Um, after watching the United game, I thought he put United on their asses. Red. Him and Trincao, bro. Trincao plays very well. Give it to yeah. him. Also a youngster from Barcelona on loan. But Adama um, really, really impressed me. Bro. He really tore that United midfield into shreds. He took on Varane a couple of times, put him on his ass. Sometimes Maguire, then Varane covers, so fair enough. Lacks, lacks some quality, um, probably his final ball. and fit. Yeah, lacks a final ball. Yeah, that, that's what I told, right I told um, Tubbs. I told him, you know what, if this man is just... Like, someone's put a little bit of a arm around him and kind of guides him in a direction An of arm him, around him, yeah. he will be one of the best. And my my view on him kind of goes back... Surely we can't be as fans sitting at home and watching the game and making evaluations about players like Adama. Surely some owners sit and watch games and look at this and just think, damn, like, is 30, 40 million, maybe it's just made. They don't. That's why they have sporting directors to do that, you know what no, I mean? But this is this is why, this is where I'm coming to, because I think this is the team I would like to speak about next, is um, if I'm Tottenham, Three wins out of three games, both or all three games one naught. Harry Kane is staying. Is there something to look forward to? And why I'm saying about the owners like being involved is um, obviously I've watched a couple of episodes of um, the Tottenham Hotspur documentary. All or nothing, yeah. And um, I don't know if it's just perceived in that way or it's how it's filmed. But it seems like from the few episodes I've watched and from my viewing of Tottenham games, it seems like Daniel Levy is very involved. He's around the club. He's continuously in chats with players. He's always at home games. That's, That's what I'm coming down to. So now I'm thinking to myself, cool, everyone has lots to say about Daniel Levy. He's a mm, and he's a that, and he's a mm, and he's a this. Fair enough, he probably is. He's probably all of those things people say about him. But you know what? I kind of respect the man a little bit because I wish I could see my owners in the stands every home game or at least knowing, you know what, maybe put something on on social media saying, oh, we're watching the game at home, put some video on or something or just just a picture now and then to be like, you know what, they actually care. 
Because as I said, I'm a fan. I sit at home. I'll go watch United versus Wolves. Don't support other teams. I just watch for the love of football. And I make evaluation on a player. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, there's probably many reasons why people aren't spending 20, 30, 40 million on Adama. But surely, sometimes you got to sit back and think, I wish just owners saw this and said, you know what, maybe he's worth it. Maybe he's, I'm not just saying Adama, but players in general, like maybe this guy is the real deal. And I feel that's what's missing. But anyway, long story short, Tottenham three wins, three games, top of the log, Arsenal are lost. Surely they, they must be a happy bunch of fans now heading into international break. Nuno is, you know, people people already criticised him before the season started. And he, he even without Harry Kane being there, I, I really respect what he's been able to do. He, ha- he has this big step up from Wolves into a, you know, more of a quote-unquote quote, top six team. But uh, you have to credit the three wins to the immense performances by Son Hunmin. So they beat City 1-0, they beat Wolves at home 1-0, and then they went and beat Watford 1-0. So yeah, bro. three clean sheets, three 1-0 victories. I don't think they'll win the league, but I think they are going to be in the top four race. So I think they'll fall off against some teams, but... As of now, I can't say anything. They've beaten the champions of England. Probably a little bit lucky against Wolves, but it seems like Wolves are struggling to put goals away. They beat Wolves. And probably didn't do the best against Watford, but they won the game. I think why I think a lot of people judged uh, Nuno before the season is because he was probably not Tottenham's first or second or third choice. But I do do think Daniel Levy and uh, the owners of Leicester are one of those... They're protecting their assets, like they're literally very hands-on. They're very hands-on to their projects that they're owning, and that that's something that should be really praised. There's not enough owners that are, you know, they're not there every game, visually celebrating with their players like the Leicester owners. So they those owners are very special. I really hope that those fans appreciate them. But I also think you know um, we need to also. Remember that a club like Liverpool is owned by a corporation. It's not just, you know, they have many other investments. Um, so we aren't their sole uh, responsibility, which is the nice thing of like a, a a Tottenham, you know. Daniel Levy isn't like an owner of an NFL team, for example. I like Liverpool's United. Owners, um, are owners of a baseball team. But uh, Arsenal and United's owners own a, an American football team. So... So, you know, there, there's so many different things, but I think for Tottenham's mm, sake, I was hoping Kane would leave. Number one, I don't think it must be nice to play with someone who wanted to leave. Um, I think that's it's going to be interesting how Nuno manages that. I think now that they know that Kane is leaving, I think they'll definitely... I, I think that Kane, now they have like a fixed time frame when they know Kane is leaving, I think they're yeah. definitely going to get well, involved in the Haaland... No. They'll try, but I don't. I, I doubt they'll Clubs, be. You were doing you know, so Holland's... well this evening, and now you come and speak this nonsense. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm saying that I think they'll get involved, but yeah. I don't think he'll yeah. ever but go I think to them. At the end of the day, um, Tottenham have always relied on one talisman. If you look all the way back to Bale and then Kane, it would have just been nice for them to have everyone as a team working together. Dele Ali's playing well, Son's playing well, but but that's football. I still think that there's going to be a huge gap between the top four, in no particular order, the two Manchester teams, Chelsea and Liverpool, right? Any one of those four teams can win the league this season. But I think there's going to be quite a big gap between fourth and fifth in the chasing pack. Because I think West Ham's going to fall off eventually. Because remember, West Ham, this squad has never played multiple games a week. And they have Europa League now. So it's going to be interesting to how David Moyes manages his managers his squad, when Antonio has to play twice a week. Leicester will probably always be in and around fifth, but I just don't think they have the squad to compete for the title. But then again, uh, they, they did it they did it once before, what's stopping them again? And Tottenham, I think, I think the same old things are going to happen to them. They don't have enough depth. If someone in the starting 11 gets injured, who is really going to replace them? And yeah, uh, we'll just have to see. But I think the big four are going to be above and beyond everyone 
um, apart from the games that they play against each other, I think probably all four of them may go not unbeaten, but I don't see them losing many other games apart from against each other and like the likes of Leicester and Tottenham and whatnot. Um, so I think it's going to be an incredibly, incredibly competitive season. And I think it's been spiced up even more by CR7 returning. And news today again, and Tubbs, I'll ask your opinion on this first, and then I'll go to Keanu. He's going to, he's going to be given the number seven. So for our listeners out there, CR7 is Cristiano Ronaldo. And his brand, CR7 is and, his brand. And um, yeah, uh, Cavani was registered with the number seven, but United have managed to twist the arm of the Prem and probably offer Cavani a nice lump sum to to let go of the number seven. And uh, yeah, Ronaldo will be wearing number seven again. What's your take on that? I'm glad to have Ronaldo back. First and foremost, because now we have a, we can now have a healthy rotation of Cavani, Ronaldo, Cavani, Ronaldo, if one of them is not in form. But I really don't think, I really can't, I, I don't think uh, Solskjaer is going to be subbing off uh, Ronaldo that often. I, I still feel very gutted though for Van der Beek. I feel gutted now for like players like Dan James, who, who's now not going to be getting as much game time. Um, I do. I am. I am happy though that the younger players will be able to learn and feed off of uh, the you know the experiences and wisdom that Ronaldo has in his posi- in his the various positions that yeah. he's played. But I still feel that uh, United should have rather invested in a CDM. But I guess the whole rumors and everything regarding Ronaldo to City really forced their hand. Yeah, I, I'm asking. I'm. I'm wondering now what. What Tavs was thinking, do you think Ronaldo was actually going to go to City? I think he wasn't. Again, I think the whole... They used City to twist United's arm. And they they were successful at it. But, uh, yeah. I don't think he would have gone to City. I think he does have have loyalty to the team. But, uh, you know, if it did happen, (laughs) I'd be be here in a different mood, boys. I'm... A little bit scared, but a little bit calm, because I think the wages you guys have put him on is definitely not what you're gonna get. I think he is still he's he's an athlete and a half. He will get you goals. He will win you games. But I think he what I think he's on four fifty thousand a week. But I think the Ronaldo brand he brings is so universal that I think United will will gain from it and I'm sure they'll have a lot more eyes on them as well now but as as you said in your your comments I'm very excited for him to be in the prem I think it's elevated the prem to another level it's just to take in the prem even another yard in front of the rest of the leagues but I'm hoping it pays off because I'm seeing now I'm sure I don't know if it is going to happen but it seems like it is I think United are going to get rid of Daniel James. I think they're getting rid of players that have a long-term future for instant success. I think Daniel James is very young. There's a lot of potential. Also just need to be nurtured. A little bit more one-on-one probably effort should have been given. And then if it doesn't work out fine, it was a project that failed. Uh, and now I would rather sell the likes of Lingard, who's 28. He's not a youngster. He's not. He's in his peak. What you see is what you're gonna get. Yeah, he can be good. He can probably get better, but he he can't just transfer or transform into something overnight. And I feel like United should rather look to cash in on him and look forward to the future. I know Tabs was on Diallo. Um, saying, oh, he's going to have a future, and I hope he does. But it just it's disheartening to see these Oaks getting bored and then some old pros come back. It's the same with, like, Thiago Silva. I saw a, a public thing coming out. He's saying he feels so sad where PSG saw him as an old player, not useful. They kick him out the team, and a year later they sign Ramos, who's probably, I think he's older than him now, or same age, maybe a year younger or so. And now he's got a use in PSG, but still Thiago Silva didn't. So it's things like that that is disheartening to see. Yeah, same thing from Barcelona. They they thought uh, 
Luis Suarez was too old and they kicked him out and look he ended up winning a league. Yeah. But but seriously, seriously, seriously. Tubbs, who takes your free kicks and penalties now? Penalties, Bruno, ki- uh, free kicks, Ronaldo. Are you mad? No, Do you I'm not think mad. Ronaldo's going to give up the penalties? He better. As a United fan, that is shocking to think that CR7 is not going to give up the penalty duties. I just I just want I just want to I just want to maintain the healthy balance of, you know, salty Liverpool play, uh, fans. You know that Ronaldo is Ronaldo, right? Not not Brazilian Ronaldo. Oh, but I'm going to miss the weekly the weekly uh, complaints of penalties. <laughs> I think Ronaldo should be on pens because man can't score free kicks. He scored one free kick for United that was a thunderbolt and we're still loving on the memory of that free kick. He, he should take pins. Fernandez can be on free kicks. I think Ronaldo CR7 will be on pen. Fair enough. But now, Tubbs, in uh, maybe like the last topic or whatnot, which we've seemed to be coming to again and again, we've looked at Arsenal. <laughs> And their manager, and we've looked at them, and we've said, "Well, look, probably, <laughs> probably, you know, Arteta should be sacked." We've seen uh, yeah. Nuno go to Spurs, sitting top of the log, nearly having lost his best player, arguably. We're looking at Klopp Get having to the not point. invested much. Get to the much. fucking. Let point. me finish. We've looked at Klopp. <laughs> Not investing much, but in, in our defense, there's still one one day to go in the transfers, but who knows? Harvey Elliott's like a new signing and whatnot. But pretty much the same squad. Tied with you guys on points. We have Chelsea having bought Lukaku and whatnot. Of course, Tuchel's going to be under pressure to to at least reach the heights of last, of last season. So now that you have the picture... Oh, and City got Grealish. Let's not forget that little mini... 100 million pound purchase if ollie doesn't win something this season surely he's gone yes i agree with that why 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 wouldn't you keep him if he's brought back a culture that united fans identify with well um you know you can spend millions on a race car and if you can't show anything for it then you know, you have to look at the driver then as well. You know, if you built him a state-of-the-art state of the art car, right? And your driver is useless or not useless per se. Yes, he drives well with the car, but he's not able to win. I would say it, would be a, it wouldn't be a bad idea to look at someone else who might get something out of that car. Okay. Now that I say that, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. Because, like, personally, like, all the United fans are saying this. But now, thinking about it really in depth, I'm thinking now about the competition in the Premier League. It's a lot steep. It's a lot steeper and a lot harder than yeah. than it has been in years. I think, though, I want to I wanna continue get, putting faith in, uh, in Solskjaer. I think it's really still too soon to pass judgment because, like, but yeah, how long are you going to wait? You've, it's already been over 10 years since you last won your last trophy. I, I do think, though, like, you know, the competition is, has only gotten more and more difficult. We we have uh, City who've become, you know, they've definitely become fa- uh, con- season-after-season favourites. We have Liverpool who have re- have gotten a rebirth with, uh, with uh, Klopp at the helm. We have um, Leicester, who are now, you know, they're not favourites, but they're definitely much stronger than they were back when Sir Alex was managing still. And we have we have a Spurs team that ha- that look, you know, that look like that are very dangerous. You know what I mean? And we also have a Chelsea team that that are European champions. So I think that you know, it is a ha- it's a much harder competition. It's much harder than what Sir Alex did have, mm. but um, yeah, I, I really okay. do want to win something. I want Oli to win something, but I just think that there's a lot of pressure under him now that you guys have Ronaldo. Ronaldo's yeah, not coming there definitely. to, to you know, not win. You know, he tried that at Juventus and didn't work. I just hope that United fans know 
that this isn't the same Ronaldo that played for them before. This isn't the Ronaldo that played at Madrid either. Let's see what he's going to bring to the party, but very exciting to have him back. Keanu, do you have anything to add on this? What's your perspective? I'm, I always try not have my bias crunchios in the morning. If I sound like you, Oaks, then I know, geez, my biased uh, cereals getting on. But anyway. I'm not biased. I'm just loyal to the cause. Man's biased against <laughs> no, no. Ollie, but anyway. I'm not biased against Oli. You should actually thank me for Any, being the way I am anyway. because I'm saying you guys deserve a better manager, which would ultimately hinder my team. <laughs> but hey, you guys want to keep a yeah, PE coach? I'm also fine with that. Uh, I think he's... Un- I'm going to just quickly chat about him. First game of the season. Wow. Next two games. Damn, that shit was bad, bro. That shit was bad. But you know what? I think props to him getting some uh, a result at Wolves. I think he's really, really umped the revs on his ass. Because I think bringing in the, the your star boy, the OQ, been going on about and licking ass for years, Sancho. You got him under the belts. You've gone and signed a World Cup winner, Varan. Then you go and sign the top two best players or one of the top two best players in the world for the last 10 years. Bro, you, you're putting a fire under your ass. You really are. I'm hoping it works out for him. I can't see them winning the league. It's a very early impression, but I think they're not on par with the likes of City Chelsea and I would even dare to say Liverpool. I think they, I don't know, something's just not clicking. I think. Mm. I think Tubbs, and so you guys sort out that CDM role. I've watched City, I've watched Tottenham, I've watched Chelsea, I've watched United. I'm honest, I'm saying United, first game of the season, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn, fine. However, Leeds played, whatever you want to counter argue, that's fine. But I'm just saying the next two performances were not good. And I realized, I think I mentioned on a pod earlier in one of our previous pods, it takes something special to be a champion. And I think it's not that we are good. That's what I'm saying. We can debate Chelsea. We can debate Liverpool. We can debate City. We haven't seen enough. But from what I've seen for United, I just, I'm hoping their round pegs and square holes just work. Because I'm just worried that they've missed the trick maybe with mm. a Kamavinga or a, a Neves or whoever they were after in the, in the CDM position. Because... In a way, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy we have shown the best and the worst of us, so, you know. Well, you hope that's the worst, bro. <laughs> but you know, I, I truly think you need to sort out some positioning there. I think Pogba can't be a defensive midfielder, and I think Fred... He's too up and down for a champions winning team. I'd play I'd play no no I'd play Donny there if I'm no, very same. So would I, but as I told Subs, Donny Vanderbeek is basically the bench. You might as well just put him he might as well engrave his name You might as well just transfer out, bro. Dude, I, I don't I I really I just need to understand why they signed him. I, all I'm gonna say, if the top four, namely Manchester City, Manchester United Chelsea and Liverpool, in no particular order. Keep fit, their squad's fit. I think it's going to be a four-horse race for this title. And those four are going to be above and beyond everyone else. And I wouldn't be that surprised if they were the final four of this year's Champions League. Because I think if their squads can stay fit, if draws go their way, the England teams are again showing time and time again that the Premier League is the most hotly contested league and have the best players. City's going to choke. Oh, look, I, I personally, I don't think City wins the league, but I think that, that those top four... No, I mean in Champions League. Are, uh, yeah, well, that remains to be seen. But, that's a but given. those four English teams, I think, are going to set this league alight. And with the likes of West Ham, Everton, Leicester and Spurs... All chomping at the bits, maybe even a, an Aston Villa and whatnot. This season is is going to get tasty, and we always have um, good old Arsenal uh, in the relegation the to, to keep us company and banter. We we have some com- we have some comedy. Let me let me ask oh, definitely. one one last thing, right? Everton, Rafa Benitez, 
the Mari Gray signing. My word, that goal. Covered Lewin sure. in, in the striker, Richarlison, Alan in the midfield. I don't know who else is there. Gomez. Uh, Keen, Dinge. It's a, it's a, no, Moise Keen no, got sold. No, oh, yeah, you're Michael talking about Michael Keen. Dinge, uh, Holgate. Look, again, like, we, like Cameron keeps on going on and on. It's a solid team. It's a really solid team that uh, Everton's mm. team. Everton have a really solid team and a brilliant coach in in Rafa Benitez. But again, their depth is... They they don't have good enough depth. I think they're a little dark horse, bro. I think they've... they Gray, I thought, every time I look at him, I'm like, this guy, he just... He can't do it. He's just missing something. I I can see them competing with with Leicester for top five. That's that's the first I can see see them Leicester and Spurs chomping at the bits. Um, Dude, but I do think man. what unfortunately with all those teams is that the minute they get one big injury, the depth to replace. It's not that they don't have anyone to replace. That's good. It's just there's you know you're taking a a, a ten out of ten and you're replacing it with an eight or a seven. Mm, there's nothing against the guy who's coming in. It's just you know. No, I respect um, that. You are correct, bro. But. I think if they but, maintain, but chaps, they I think also... the season's going to be intense. Yeah, dude, I also agree. I think if they hit some form, Bruce, they could be up there. I really early on form, I yeah. Really see. It's a scary league. This, this is the. I haven't been as excited for a very long time to to have football back. When the football's over, I'm excited for the next weekend. That's why this whole international break thing's even got me depressed, bro. It's. But I guess, you know, guys, with that, um, I think it's, uh, let's call it for t- for this evening. I've definitely ha- had a great chat. I feel that we've all had a, had a great chat. But I feel that uh, after this international break, it's going to be a cracker. It's really going to start, you know, the, we're going to start seeing the real league kick off from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's just hope that everyone stays fit and that we have a great season ahead, boys. All right, and with that, we are calling a close to the musings on 39 podcasts for this week. Listeners, thank you very much for sticking sticking with us throughout. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask us, feel free to follow the link that will be with this, with the podcast, where you can drop a video, a voice message, or a question of your choice that we'll read out in the next episode. Please feel free to have a listen to any of our previous episodes. Uh, you'll be able to find our pages on any social media. And we're, and we're slowly integrating our podcasts onto YouTube. So look forward to that. This has been Tobbs. Wishing you all a good night or a good evening or a good day. And uh, peace out. Cheerio. Cheers. Cheers.